It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray. Today is June 21st, 2016. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. Today's show is brought to you by First Class Merchant Services. It's all about customer care and saving you money on your monthly transaction fees. Joining me today as co-host is Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired, former Deputy Secretary for the Maryland Department of Veterans Affairs, also past Department Commander for the DAV State of Maryland. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Gary, and as always, it's great to be with you. Well, thank you. And just a quick review of last week's show. We had Welby O'Brien. Welby and her veteran husband face the daily challenges of the PTSD. She is an author and holds a master's degree in counseling. She has started a national support group for the loved ones of those with PTSD where people can get connected. Join Welby and thousands of others on Facebook, which is loveourvets-ptsd, family support. Or go to her website at loveourvets.org. Be sure to order her book, Love Our Vets, Restoring Hope for Family and Veterans with PTSD. Now, if you missed the show last week, you can always pick it up uh, actually on the American Heroes Network, and uh, it's in the archive section. Now, Bill, you ran across a pretty good story before we um, uh, got on the air. It's about uh, horses. Well, yes, Why don't you Gary, tell us what you found? This uh, is the continuing saga of dealing with the invisible condition of post-traumatic stress. Uh, The first one I thought was rather unique, and we've had some coverage of this before. There is a uh, retired uh, Army Major, uh, Dan Thomas, who uh, resides in uh, in Connecticut, and uh, he has been uh, going through his recovery with help from an equine therapy program at Walter Reed, uh, National Medical Center. That's equine is with, with horses and the re- relaxation. It, it, it was so helpful to Major Dan Thomas that in uh, his hope and expectation to help uh, other veterans, he and his wife traveled from their home uh, to uh, uh, Alabama last week and purchased two massive jet black carriage horses animals that were put up for auction by the state after they were seized from a breeder in February as a part of an animal abuse investigation and rehabilitated through a state program involving female prison inmates to help with their care. Amazing uh, with horses and being able to, to relax. The other uh, 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 area in the, in the post-traumatic stress the University of California now uh, at San Diego, there's some scientists there that are recently showing that genes make some people more likely to be affected by the condition known as post-traumatic stress. More than 90% or 90 other post-traumatic stress studies are underway at the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs in this program. So, uh, Gary... Uh, this is a nonstop, continuous uh, uh, matter of trying to help our men and women who served this country but returned to home and community with the invisible uh, uh, post-traumatic stress as a result of their service to the country. That's true, Bill. There's so many out there, and they also said at the beginning of the year, 2016 is going to be the year that we are going to help a lot of veterans with PTSD. So uh, keep that in mind. Keep up on it also, because it it is coming out with a lot of uh, information. I mean, look at uh, our last guest had a book on it, uh, and I believe uh, also our our today's guest uh, also is aware of what's going on out there with PTSD. So... Why don't we get to our guest? She's a very important young lady. And uh, Bill? Well, most definitely, uh, Gary. We're honored to have Lee Woodruff, co-founder of the Bob Woodruff Foundation. Lee Woodruff is a best-selling author, journalist, 
mother and wife. In 2006, a roadside bomb critically injured her husband, Bob, ABC News anchor, while he was reporting in Iraq. Over the past decade, the Bob Woodruff Foundation has invested $33 million to find, fund, and shape more than 300 programs benefiting the lives of more than 2.5 million injured service members, veterans, and their families. Lee is a trustee and alumnus of Colgate University and an avid lover of New York's Adirondack region. Lee lives in Westchester County, New York, and her husband, with her husband and four children. Lee Woodruff, welcome to the American Heroes Network. Welcome, Lee. Well, thank you. Thanks so much. It's an honor to be on, and that's a really great and comprehensive bio, so thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Sam. <laughs> uh, Lee, exactly. can you tell us a little bit about Bob's story? I know we touched on it in the intro, and what was the deciding factor in the development of the foundation also? Um, Bob was injured in a roadside bomb in 2006, and... Um, he was a journalist covering the war, and what happened to Bob is what happens to our troops every single day. He was actually there for the State of the Union address um, that President Bush was delivering in 2009, 2006, sorry, in January, and he was riding in a tank, and a roadside bomb went off, and he and his cameraman were injured, and Bob received a traumatic brain injury. Um, and the rest was the experience that we went through as a family really connected us in so many ways to military families. I had not really had a lot of exposure um, in my past to the military, but Bob had been covering wars for 10 years. Um, and that was our, you know, that was our, our melding uh, to become honorary military, as we jokingly refer to it. Well, you know, again, that's that's something that uh, a lot of people are unaware of what's, what's going on and and uh, the invisible injuries that a lot of our men are, and women are getting. So, like I said, this and, is the And I want to commend you guys for taking the D off PTSD. That's really where it's at. Um, yes. For the, new, the new common thinking is there's, it's, don't call it a disorder. You know, this isn't a disorder. I served my country. And I came home with invisible scars, but it's not a disorder. It's post-traumatic stress. So, um, you know, that's sort of the current thinking. And it's nice to hear you guys say it by using the PTS instead of the D. All right. Now, well, excuse me. What was the mission's, um, uh, what was the foundation's mission? And, you know, why is it important? Well, when Bob and I were, Bob was in a coma for five weeks with his uh, injury and it really anybody with a brain injury will tell you there's no guarantee you never know how it's going to end up and so for the very longest time we were just sort of hanging on trying not to think the worst but when he did wake up and he began to recover we looked around us and we saw so many families young families and certainly at, at the time it was Bethesda Naval Hospital everybody was getting really incredible care I mean they, the acute care um, that our military families receive is really, really wonderful. But they were struggling, you know, after they left the hospital to figure out how to put their life together, what to do next. The services, this was 10 years ago now. So services 10 years ago were a bit fractured, and care at the VA wasn't always nearby. Some of these, um, you know, soldiers and uh, airmen and Marines were traveling hours to get treatment. And brain injury is a really long-term treatment. PTS, depression, all the things that can result from that. You don't just heal like a broken arm and then and leave. So we, we said, Bob's brothers and I said to each other, if, if we come out of this and Bob's okay, we've had so many resources through Bob's employer, ABC News and Disney Corporation. They gave us everything that we needed. Family got to fly in and stay. Bob had unlimited rehab. And we knew that... Everything was the same up until that moment when we left Bethesda Naval, and that's where the difference between the military person and, and us as a civilian injured um, in the same way differed. And we thought, this, you know, this is completely wrong. These guys are serving, they're volunteering to serve their country. They're coming home injured, and no one out there is, you know, understanding this. And we had no expertise in any particular way. We weren't home builders or we didn't, you know, do equine therapy to talk about your earlier story. But what we did have was 
sort of a platform. Um, Bob is a journalist. I'm a journalist and a writer. Uh, we were we had written a book called In an Instant about our story, and it, it was on the bestseller list, and we were on a book tour. And what started happening is in our book tour and our speeches, people would come up to us and hand us a $20 bill and say, please make sure this gets to a soldier. So we quickly realized we had a great lens on the landscape of everybody that was out there doing something because people would also come up to us and say, I have this little program, you know, in my small hometown where I'm helping 20 soldiers do X, Y, or Z. And we began to realize that we could sort of, our, our, our gift might be in the ability to look at what was happening out there and connect people to one another and raise money because Bob had gotten so much attention for his story and be able to turn it back on those little groups in, you know, small town USA who might never be able to get a $50,000 check. But we could do that. All right. All right. You know, as long as we're talking about the book in an instance, uh, of course, we would love an autographed copy. <laughs> why, why don't you tell our listeners how they can get a copy of your book also? Well, you know, I think the myth is that every author travels around with hundreds of copies of her book. I wish I did, but it is still for sale. It's still in print. Um, I think you can, you know, order anything from your local bookstore. I always like to put in a plug for our independent bookstores that are still left in our hometowns because we need to support them. Um, but I know the book is online as well. And um, it's often given out, I think, in some of the military hospitals now. It's really a journey about a family. And it's the story of just the bad thing that happens. I always say it's a fill-in-the-blank story. It doesn't have to be a roadside bomb. It can be cancer or loss of a spouse or any kind of injury, really. All of the things that life throws at us. And it's it's the story of recovery. And it's it's Bob's story, too, and there's an awful lot of uh, wonderful military folks in the story as well. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter as the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Lee Woodruff, author and co founder for the Bob Woodruff Foundation. And, Bill, you had a question? Uh, well, a comment, uh, a comment, which will probably lead to a question. Lee, <laughs> I, I, the website for the Bob Woodruff Foundation is very impressive. And as I was uh, uh, quickly uh, just uh, uh, going through it, uh, the impact area and what's at stake uh, really got my attention. I, I served in Vietnam. I was boots on the ground. And uh, I, 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 I'm fully aware of what the situation is all about with post-traumatic stress and, and our inability as Vietnam veterans to readjust and to, as we came back to home and community 
after being on the battlefield in combat. But there was one thing that got my attention here that I saw a connection between what's on the website about uh, suicide and the actual combat deaths. In, uh, in, in, in the Vietnam War, we lost 58,220 of our brave men and women uh, on the battlefield. And uh, uh, coming back, our inability to uh, adjust with anxiety uh, uh, and all of those things to go along, we, we began to self-medicate uh, using drugs, homeless. And uh, we ended up taking our lives in greater number than those uh, uh, that we lost on the battlefield. And there's a quote here that I saw, which I thought was great. Uh, uh, that the uh, concerns are with those who commit suicides and how su- suicides outnumber uh, those killed in, the, uh, in actual combat. I, I just like to say this, Lee, is that miraculously, if every weapon of war that we know it is some way silenced today, this condition that you just mentioned will continue on and on. And if they're non-believers, let's just go back to World War II, and you can see that that same situation. I'd just like for you to comment on that, and it's great to have that kind of close connection between Iraq and Afghanistan and Vietnam. Well, there's so much in what you just said, and what it, the, I guess the overriding point of what you just said is, we haven't done a very good job, have we, of, of helping this situation um, in, in all that time. And there was a really interesting article in the New York Times Magazine, I believe, a week or so ago. I don't know if you, if you all saw it about brain injury and what they're learning from our veterans who have been uh, exposed to blast injuries versus other kinds of traumatic brain injuries, let's say the concussive stuff that we read about with football players or car accidents. And way back 10 years ago, when Bob was in uh, Bethesda Naval, some of his docs would talk about the fact that they believed that blast injuries were different than other kinds of um, brain injuries because of the, the incredibly strong wave of air, and I'm using the wrong technical terms, you guys can probably help me with that, but when, it, when a blast goes off, when a bomb goes off, there's a concussive effect that was strong enough to shatter Bob's skull on the left side. And what that does is it just shakes and, and just destroys and rips the neuronal connection from those neurons, which is where we fire to think and feel and, you know, be who, our personalities. Um, and what they're finding as they're examining the brains of soldiers who have committed suicide from this war is a brown dust where the neurons should be connecting to the tissue, which looks completely different from that of the football players who have been committing suicide after having um, chronic encephalitis, or I'm saying that the wrong name, but the, the brain swelling that they get from repeated, you know, head trauma in playing the game. Right. Um, so it's backing up the fact, as they say, that this is, a, this is not a, you know, just bucket up, soldier, you know, get over it. You just have shell shock. You just saw horrible things and you're a pussy and get back on the battlefield. This is a physical manifestation that says that this person, it's, it's the same as a broken bone. It's just that we can't see it. So my hope is that as we begin to understand the biology and the physiology of this, we'll be able to treat it in more important and, in you know, critical ways. But you also point up something that is, is something that we learned um, over the 10 years of sort of giving grants and, and bringing uh, people together in convenings in certain areas, is that the best chance a uh, service member a veteran has to heal is veterans healing veterans. So it's the program that you described earlier um, with the horses, for example. So it's, it, or it's you, sir, using your experience in coming back from Vietnam and understanding what the present-day warrior goes through, recognizing that at least hopefully we've learned enough shame on us as a country to welcome um, everyone back, unlike what happened in your day, which was a tragedy. Um, but I think that mentoring and ability to heal with a mentor, such as a, a veteran who's a few years down the road and has been there, is a really powerful thing. And those programs tend to work better than somebody like me, you know, coming in from the civilian world and saying, this is what you're feeling. Well, Lee, one step further, and I think if there's, there's anybody that, that can respond to this, uh, you certainly can. Just connect 
you know, the, the, the family to this kind of condition when one returns home and the impact uh, on, on, on the, the family and the person who is served. You know, uh, it, it recently, you know, we've discovered that most of our uh, men and women who served uh, prior to going into combat and serving, they were living uh, 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 ordinary lives, uh, successful lives, raising a family, sending their kids to school, and with these repetitive uh, deployments, how that impacted the family. And now with a condition such as we've described with post-traumatic stress, uh, traumatic brain injury, tell us what, uh, you know, you've realized from that, maybe from a personal standpoint, and dealing with some of the families. Well, you said it. Uh, when Bob was lying in his coma, it was his brother, Mike, who said, it's not just Bob that's been hit by the bomb, it's the whole family. And, of course, when one person is injured, it really does ripple out to affect everybody in that equation. And so one of the things you'll find about the groups that we support, we do a lot of grants to organizations that support the caregiver or help the children work through the changes in their parent, you know, what happens after an injury, dad's more violent, mom's angry. Um, so there are therapy programs that can help kids cope. But the most important thing is to keep the families intact because if that spouse has their oxygen, then they're able to turn to the person who's injured and needs them most and really give them more of what they need. The sad thing, and I've never been able to verify this again, but I remember vividly one of the um, one of the docs in Bethesda who was who was uh, military, maybe a colonel, saying to me, "This is the largest standing army we've ever had of orphans." And so part of the tragedy is when someone's injured and they don't have family come around them. And there's a vast difference in how people heal. I mean, there are all kinds of medical surveys and research that shows that when you have family around you, you're inspired to to heal better and faster. And I watched it with Bob. Boy, when those kids, we have four children, when they came in the room, he would just have to buck up. He would have to pull every ounce of togetherness and energy uh, you know, out of his toes to show the kids that he was okay. And that's a form of healing. That's a motivation that's stronger. That, you know, power of love is stronger than any other kind of medicine out there. Yes, definitely. Now, what do you I think, think the, the military... sad thing about many traumatic brain injuries, and there aren't statistics on this, is that most marriages don't survive TBI. The changes in the person, whether their ability to feel empathy or love or remember the memories or their trigger point for anger are so great, it's hard for the spouse oftentimes to absorb that in the long run. So after the magic is done, after the sort of hope of, you know, maybe they'll keep getting better fades, a lot of these marriages don't make it. And that's where our military families need us more than ever. Well, you know, Lee, also I think uh, 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 when uh, this kind of experience come about, you know, there, there are role changes in the family uh, uh, and with the spouse in particularly becoming a caregiver. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned earlier, that uh, whatever the, the pain and the circumstances uh, is going on with that person is directly affected, the caregiver is involved. And the caregiver is so important, uh, I think, because it's a lot of things that if the veteran is conversant, they don't always want to talk about what's going on. And so that caregiving person then has to become a spokesperson for them. Your, your experience with that? Absolutely. The, the, for a long time, you know, as someone's putting their cognition back together and, and you know, reorganizing life, because no matter how uh, you've been injured, you're never exactly the same person. So whether you have to come to grips with new capabilities, Bob had a photographic memory prior to his brain injury and he, you know, that he lost that. Um, he miraculously got great short-term memory and pretty good long-term memory actually, but he can't stand up and do a newscast for an hour, you know, with no notes like he used to be able to do. And for many people, the, the key is how well they can um, come to terms with that loss. And and part of it for the caregiver, as you just, you know, so so wonderfully articulated is that wasn't something that he or she was used to in the past in their relationship. You know, my husband used to go off, I'm being a military spouse here, but, you know, my husband used to go off for, 
six, eight year long deployment and I wouldn't have to worry about him taking care of himself, you know, other than worrying about his safety every night, maybe they were completely able to do for themselves. And now he can't remember to take the garbage out. And that changes the equation in a relationship as well. And, and oftentimes with a brain injury comes lack of self-awareness. So you may think you're pretty much the same person, but everybody else around you sees the vast difference. So you do need your spouse or your family member, or your sibling to be your advocate. And, and that's a, a, an exhausting role often for so many of these uh, spouses. And, and they're mostly wives in this war. It's most, most of the TBIs have, have the large percentage have been men. So it's, the burden tends to fall on the spouse if they're married. And so many of them are so young, as you know, that oftentimes it's mom. Yes. Definitely. You know, we're going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back from break, we'll continue on with our little discussion here. Now, American Heroes, I want to let everybody know that American Heroes Network has partnered with the Veteran Suicide Prevention Channel, one of the only nonprofit veteran organizations that's been chosen for inclusion on the National VA website. We'll be releasing more information on their upcoming shows, but the other thing we want to touch on before we get to the final break here is the straw man document. Now, I don't know how many people are aware of the Strawman document, but what they're trying to do, if this is passed, uh, they're going to be closing all VA facilities within the next 20 years, which is to us totally ridiculous. Uh, we have a representative, Charlene Johns, founder for Battle Buddies Info. She'll be staying on top of the Strawman document, and we'll be adding a, a link. Uh, actually, live links to uh, our news section uh, that will actually you can go on there, click it, and sign petitions. They will go directly to uh, your congressmen or senators. If you haven't already, sign those petitions. Get over there and sign it and say no to the straw man document. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. And we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Listen for Trust Across America every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in as host Jordan Kimmel is joined by national experts in the fields of accounting, finance, organizational behavior, and sustainability, as well as companies that are applying strategies that are enabling them to be recognized as doing the right thing by the American Trust Awards. Your host Jordan Kimmel is himself a trusted professional with years of experience in applying strategies and consulting with today's leading firms. Trust Across America is heard Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
what if there was a radio show that could demonstrate how we can cut your taxes in half without diminishing needed government services? One that could explain how to create tens of millions of jobs at no cost to taxpayers, as well as fantastic yet easily affordable health care. Side effects include cutting crime rates nationwide, providing better education for our children, international peace and harmony, and protecting your private, personal data from government intrusion. Tune in to Libertarians Working for You with Arvind Vora, weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Lee Woodruff author and co-founder for the Bob Woodruff Foundation. And uh, Bill, you you had a question at the beginning before I disappeared for a minute or two. <laughs> well, uh, Lee was going to bring us up to date on some, uh, uh, some, some congressional action here that's in progress that I think is certainly worthwhile for our listeners to hear, and uh, at, uh, I'd like to hear her articulate that for us. Okay. Well, there's a, something that many of the nonprofits and VSOs have banded together to, you know, whether or not they're advocacy groups, um, as, as the Woodruff Foundation is not. But we've thrown our hat in the ring on this issue because we feel it's one, not so much of, it's, it's one of fairness for our military families. And the bill is actually potentially going for a vote today. It's part of the Milcon, larger Milcon bill. Um, and everybody out there who feels like this is an issue to talk about should contact their representatives. Um, most of the representatives and senators are for this bill, but as always, it seems lately with our government, there's always a few people who just like to do things to hold it up. And essentially, what it is is um, for those who have there, – there are something like – Less than 4,000 veterans, male and female, um, who have had urogenital injuries to the point where they're unable to um, have a family, to, to, to um, you know, have children. And right now, the way the law stands through some arcane law that's been on the books, our active duty service members are allowed through TRICARE to receive fertility treatments and have that covered. Those who have come home and are injured have been injured in service to their country, if you can imagine this, and who are veterans who are no longer on active duty are denied those through the VA because of this crazy law. So I think there's a certain faction of people out there that believe that, you know, fertility treatment is wrong and, and all of that. And my feeling about this is if somebody believes that it's wrong, then they simply don't have to utilize those benefits. They can go down a different route to start a family. But that should not disallow our veterans from being able to start families when they come home, meet a cute girl in a bar, and decide that they want to have children someday like the rest of us. Um, and what's so, what's so wrong to me about this bill is that we allow it for active duty and we don't for those who have been injured in service. And so this bill, um, President Obama has asked that it be passed and on his desk by the 4th of July. So it's really urgent. Um, and you can call and leave messages for your senators and your representatives. But it's just one of the crazy things to me that, you know, this isn't a political issue at all. This is something that we owe our veterans. Definitely. Can't do it without them. No. And if this is how we're going to treat people who raise their hand, by the way, to, to go to war or go to areas of conflict when their country asks, if we're going to say, oh, sorry, sorry you got injured over there and now you want to have kids just like the rest of us, but we're not going to pay for that, who's ever going to volunteer? What kind of a military are we going to have if this is the way that we treat those who serve? That's true. That, that's a great question, uh, uh, Lee. Who's going to volunteer? And we've, we've discussed this in the past. Do you know today compared to World War II, those individuals who actually serve uh, on active duty is a vast difference 
back during World War II when we had a population of 130 million uh, 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 citizens in our country. We had 11.4% uh, of the population who served. Um, we had uh, about 16 million folks on active duty during World War II. We, we uh, fast forward to Vietnam at 200 million uh, citizens in the country, 4.5%, uh, uh, and today, remarkably, at 300 million plus citizens in our country, less than one half of 1% serves. It, it, it's incredible to me, and of course there were drafts in the other two previous wars, which should have connected everybody more to the population, but the point that there isn't a draft in these, in these wars in this present-day military should make us even more grateful, if that's possible, um, that somebody's willing to do this for us so that, so that our kids can make a choice about staying home or going, because you're right, it's less than 1% of the population. So we should be able to care for these kids when they come home. And I recognize that our government doesn't have the resources to care for everybody completely, but that's where the public-private partnership comes in. So that's where an organization like the Bob Woodruff Foundation comes in, is when that veteran and their family have exhausted everything that the government owes them and they still need something else, groups like ours are there to try to help. Um, but we all have to come together and form this supportive web because the, the truth is, and I was actually talking to um, the military liaison in, in Mitch McConnell's office last night, it's a wonderful young man talking about this um, fertility bill, the IVF bill, and he was saying, you know, I think the problem, Lee, is that there's too few of us now. Nobody out there really thinks, you know, they, they're not going to get fired up about whether or not a veteran gets coverage to, to help try to make a family because there aren't enough of us. And I think that's a really sad, that's not my America. That's not my reality with the citizens that I meet and talk to. And I think people need to get fired up about this. And I think we, need, we can show how we care. That's what everyone is fighting for when we go somewhere. We're fighting for the right to vote, for the democracy that we have. And all we have to do is take a look around some of the scary parts of the world right now and ask ourselves, is that, it, you know, that, is that the opposite of freedom? Because if it is, we better raise our voices and we better start making a count. That's true. You know, to date, we, you, you, uh, the foundation actually has uh, invested $33 million uh, into more than 300 programs across the country, reaching 2.5 million service members, veterans, and, and families. How does one qualify to receive funding from the foundation? We have a process that we go through. So you, you, uh, you go through the website to contact us, and then rather than have somebody go through a long, um, involved granting process and hear a no, we, um, we sift through and tell you whether we, we invite you to make um, an application so that you don't waste your time. So a group has to be a, a 501c3, and there's a, there are a number of other areas. There's so many groups out there doing wonderful work, and we can't possibly fund them all. I wish we could. Um, but our, our areas of focus right now this year are in um, the areas of re-employment, re um, suicide prevention, which you talked about earlier. We, we recognize that's an em epidemic right now, and we're very concerned about it. And then caring for the, the programs that are caring for the whole family, as you also um, so aptly noted, you know, those programs that are going to take the spouse and the caregiver and the children into consideration. And we, we are trying to focus on programs that have, are started by veterans for veterans because at the end of the day, they end up having the best results. If you're having suicidal ideation and you get a suicide hotline and you actually have a veteran on the other end of the line to talk you through it, your chances of you not you know, needing to make that phone call again are something like 50% higher than if it were just a, a counselor who didn't have the experience of war and the trauma of war. That is true. You know, 87% of your funds are actually go to the programs, which is phenomenal. And uh, We are again, so proud of that. We are so leading yeah. mean. You will not find flower arrangements on our tables when we do an event. We are um, really cognizant that every dollar that someone gives us we are good stewards of, and we don't just give a grant, we stay involved in that grant. Um, we, we have a lot of strings attached, we say, which is really important, and if that person doesn't meet the metrics that they're supposed to meet, um, they, they don't get a grant again next year, 
And then we're pretty excited about our ability to bring people together. So we may be talking to you about a program you have to um, work in PTS um, with, let's say, art therapy in Wisconsin. And so we may hold a convening um, with our own funds. That's part of the, the rest of the 87, the, you know, whatever the remainder is from a dollar. I can't do the math. Um, and so we may put a bunch of organizations together, fly everybody in to talk, come up with best practices, share, create efficiencies in the space. And sort of as a, as a funder and a, and a founder, it's a, it's a wonderful place for us to do is to be able to connect Wisconsin with Pennsylvania, with somebody in Florida, so that we're maximizing those dollars and we're taking right. the good works and spreading it out. That's phenomenal. And you do this all with less than a dozen uh, full-time staff, too. We do. We're pretty proud of that. And Bob and I are volunteers. We don't take a dime. And um, I'm, I'm proud to say I think we've only submitted one expense report, and that was for an airplane flight somewhere that we had to go. But we're, um, you know, if anybody audits our books, we're happy to say we, you know, come on in. We are, we are proud to be, ask for, you know, we ask for everything we can to be donated to us. And we have um, a bunch of wonderful people working for us who are really committed. There's no such thing as a 40-hour week uh, at the Woodruff Foundation. It's probably more like 80. All right. Now, also a big factor, uh, especially this year, there's a lot of stuff coming out about nonprofits and what uh, you know people that uh, do donate money to these nonprofits, what they need to do. And I see that as far as uh, uh, the foundation goes, uh, you have GuideStar. Uh, your rating is we pretty do, high on that. Yeah, I, I feel like we would be on Charity Navigator in a in a really great rating if they would ever get to us. They have some backlog <laughs> of like five thousand charities or something. So wow. if anybody's listening from Charity Navigator, maybe you can hire some volunteers to to roll through stuff, but we take that really seriously, and I always say to everybody that asks me, where should we give, or what's this organization like, go online and look at their 990, and see how much they do spend on overhead, and see how much is spent on, you know, advertising and direct mail, and sometimes there's, there are clever ways to hide that, but, you know, take a look and be informed when you're giving money, and don't be afraid to ask questions. Call the organization and ask about the financials. You should have, you know, you look at the rating because those things really do count. Organizations like, you know, the charity rating organizations are really good. They're good at what they do, and um, they're usually pretty good at sniffing out those folks that are padding things. Oh, definitely. Um, that's the only way to do it. You know, those ratings that they receive. And, and you were talking about the 990s before. Uh, there's, I think they're coming out this year with it. Uh, the IRS is going to require on that 990 uh, the, all the salaries. Uh, which yeah, is, uh, they should. Yes, yeah. they should. They definitely yep. should. And, you know, a word here about salaries, too. I mean, e- executive directors do they are a good one is worth their weight in gold because part Mm -hmm. of their job is to be the development person as well. And, you know, it's not that anybody who's in the nonprofit should make peanuts and and try to scrape by, you know, a salary, you want to incent the best people. But I think there's a, there's probably an equation there beyond which something's not acceptable. I don't know what that would be, but you're to your point, you know, there, there are limits. It is, it is a charity at the end of the day. It's not wall street. That's true. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier. 
or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Lee Woodruff, author and co founder for the Bob Woodruff Foundation. And Bill? Well, Lee, as you're probably aware, we're talking a lot now about uh, uh, offering up uh, our women in the country uh, to uh, be to uh, register for the draft, <laughs> and uh, it's somewhat of a di- dichotomy, I guess it was, as I recall, and we I mentioned this to you briefly that. Uh, uh, when Bob was injured, I, I remember the other correspondent, Kim Dozier, uh, who was injured also being a, uh, a, a woman. And, you know, it, 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 our women serving today doesn't always get the kind of attention and notoriety uh, for what they've uh, given in, in, in service. So I'd like, if you can, briefly just kind of talk about that in terms of even women veterans who've come back that the, uh, that the foundation has been able to help and assist in their reintegration back to home and community. You know, we do have an emphasis on looking for women, and you're right, the numbers are, you know, very still very much um, unequal, um, they're more, meaning there are more men that we tend to serve than, um, than women, but um, we have helped a number of veterans. We do, it, we do an event every year, uh, November 1st this year, it'll be our 10th annual Stand Up for Heroes in New York. And we have incredible talent come and perform. Bruce Springsteen, um, a bunch of comedians in the past. It's been Jerry Seinfeld and John Stewart, um, Stephen Colbert, many, many other wonderful people donate their time for this event. And we always make sure that we have as many female vets who have been injured. It's, it's, it's for we invite injured vets and their caregivers, and we just sort of have make them king and queen for you know the three days that they're in New York. And we make it a real point, I make it a real point to try to find um, female injured vets to be there because I think in so many ways they they don't get the attention necessarily. Their issues sometimes are, are different and oftentimes after injury, um, I remember one wonderful woman probably about 10 years ago who was an amputee and meeting her early on and she said, how am I ever going to hold my baby? You know, with one arm, and I'm not, and I think that that thought process is probably not something that doesn't wouldn't occur to a man, but but maybe you know, in your first week of coming out of your surgery, it's probably not your first thought if you're a man. And I think it's really important. I love that you brought it up because it's so important that we keep those veterans and their um, specialized needs top of mind. That's true. You know, if you ever need any female veterans that were wounded, let us know. Uh, we have a couple that uh, were definitely, I mean, we have a uh, basketball player that uh, lost her arm, her good arm, uh, with a rocket. Um, and wow. uh, she, Yeah, and, uh, you know, that was pretty sad. And then also uh, uh, somebody that's very high in the Purple Heart, um, uh, Buckingham, which is a unbelievable young lady she's she's helps all the female vet uh, veterans out there and uh I'd like to turn you on to both of those girls yeah yeah no please do please let's send their names to sam and and the you know the folks at our foundation and and we will um we'll be in touch that's true all right well, you know, we're getting very close here. We only have a couple minutes left, and it was a pleasure having you on our show this morning. What would you like to share with our listeners in closing lay? You know, I feel like we've strayed onto some really serious topics, and I think helping our injured vets is really serious. But at the end of the day, um, there is just the the incredible joy and sort of breadth of experience that all of the vets whom I have come in contact with, and Bob as well, in the last ten years, has really humbled me. I think that 
if you haven't or don't know someone who's served, you need to go find somebody and just you will be amazed at the humility. Don't ever call these guys heroes. And you guys know that, right? That's not a term you ever want to apply to yourself. And yet they are. Um, And I think the last probably thought that is overarching in my mind after the work we do in, in watching Bob and watching our family is at the end of the day, we can't see any of these people as broken um, or different. These are people who did something heroic for our country, and so they deserve every opportunity we can give to them. And moreover, what I've been able to witness with just about everyone I've met, including my husband, is just the resilience of the human spirit. So um, you give somebody a chance, and they will. These, our veterans will exceed expectations every single time. Wow. And Bill? Well, Lee, thank you very much for being with us. Uh, the, the foundation is something that we need and will continue to need. Uh, it's uh, to help our men and women when they uh, return back to uh, home and country and to, to try to get to some semblance of normality. So, uh, uh, you know, you, you're serving, the foundation is serving, and we're all appreciative of it. And one thing that it's always occurred to me in our veterans community, the greatest void that we have is a lack of information. If you don't know, you don't know, you don't know how to navigate the situation, you know, it's always going to be a problem. So I think, uh, I'm convinced that the Bob Wood Foundation serves in all of those categories, and thank you very much. Well, we're honored to do it, sir, and we're honored for, for both of you, your service, and, and what you're able to do to communicate that to the country. So thank you. Thank you, and once again, thank you. And tell Bob we said hello, and in the near future, maybe you and Bob can come back on the program. How does that sound? That sounds wonderful. And I promise right. I'll tell jokes next time, okay? Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, every, every now and have then. A, have a great summer, guys. <laughs> thank you. Right. Now, if okay. you missed our live show, all our shows are archived on demand 24-7 on our website, and you can also hear all the archived shows right from your phone. And remember, we spotlight and promote the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, on an, any mobile device. I'm Gary Rand. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next week. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt of many colors, and we breathe.